Hard by Tyron W.C. Robinson II. Read by the author. Prologue The Murder. The forest was cold, snowed in, and completely iced over. The atmosphere would cause a person to shiver in their footsteps, even take the daring chance of walking, all covered in snow, especially during nightfall, where the forest would become silent as the outer depths of space. No sign of any animals either, just complete quiet. Though there was at one time during the night when a man decided to take a, a daring opportunity to enter the snowy forest during a full moon. The man seemed to make an impression on his friend's impossible lover. He took pleasure in taking those daring actions that many seemed to do today. His dare was to enter the forest during nightfall and overcome the cold and shivering atmosphere. Not even wearing a coat, he went out with only short-sleeved shirt and shorts. He might have worn sandals. But we couldn't tell due to the fact that when we found him, he was halfway eaten and his feet were bare, his clothes ripped with claw marks and bite marks. His friends didn't know what to make of their friend's death, and they were also too afraid to tell anyone of his daring feats. We spoke to his friends concerning him, and they hardly spoke a word besides the fact of him running into the forest with a smile on his face. The detectives, however, believed that he was killed by a bear that had attacked him and killed him. But a hunter discovered the remains of something more than a bear. Strangely enough, one detective joked that it might have been an elk that killed him and used his antlers to create the call marks. <laughs> oh, could have done this, said the hunter. I can tell you exactly what killed this man. But you end up locking me behind a steel door. Then tell us, what could have killed this man? A full moon was out that night when he entered these woods, and we know the legends of this land. Listen, we are not buying for folklore tales of werewolves. There's no way a werewolf could be responsible for this, sir. Just hear me out. I know this sounds crazy, but you have to believe me and take this in. We prefer not to. The detectives would laugh in the hunter's face and walk away to their vehicles, preparing to leave the forest. The friends already left the scene, with little tears in their eyes and softness in their hearts, without any idea as to who or what might have killed the man in the snowy forest. And the detectives were out of options, until that Sunday, where the freezing rain had begun to come down. And when the hunter entered through the doors of the detective building, they knew something was happening in those woods, and it wasn't natural. The Investigation Part 1 After a series of days had passed by, the detectives took slight heed to the warning of the hunter concerning the possibility of a werewolf as the culprit of the forest murder. Everyone within the small town kept information of the murder to themselves. Most were afraid to speak to someone about it. The hunter stayed in his cabin outside of the small town to avoid certain mockery and scrutiny. He was already the laughing stock of the town months back dealing with his deal hunting of deers, to the point where the deers even figured out his own shooting grounds, thus never making a return to the field. The hunter sat alone in his cabin, covered in snow. Placing wood into the wood stove, he sighed while sitting down in an old beaten chair. His cabin was covered with trophies he acquired in hunting games, packed with stuffings of his kills, from deers to bears to even a mountain lion. He reached over to the table nearby and grabbed a book, beginning to read it, until a knock came from the door. Reluctant to answer the door and believing it to be a townsperson coming over to mock him, or some kids to throw snowballs. Go away, the hunter said. The knock came once more as the hunter's patience was being tested. 
He refused to stand up and answer the door, returned to the book. He ignored the door and the knocking. I am not in the mood to be playing with snowballs. Thank you very much. The knocking continued and increased. Nearly out of patience, the hunter stood up and walked over to the door, taking a look outside to the peak hole, and there he saw a man. The hunter gently sighed before placing his hand on the doorknob, and as he opened the door, he had the presence of the fullness of the man, dressed in a model of modern and Victorian era clothing. He wore a black duster coat and a gray button-down shirt with black slacks, black and gray leather boots, and a black hat. The man's black and gray hair strands went down to his shoulders, covering his ears. The man stood still while the hunter thought to himself as to who this man could be. Hello, sir, the hunter said. How can I possibly help you? I heard about the murder in these woods. I understand that it was you who discovered the remains of the victim. Yes, yes I did. Is there something wrong? I would like to talk to you about it. Uh, I'm not in the mood to speak on the subject, sir. If you want more information on it, please go to the detective's office. They can give you all the information you need. The hunter proceeded to close the door, but the man placed his foot in between, frightening the hunter immediately as he opened the door wildly. Sir, whatever you want, just take it. I don't want anything of yours. I only want to speak with you. About what? I told you where to go about the murder. I'm not here about the murder. I'm here about the werewolf. The hunter paused and slowly took the time to regain himself. As he calmed down and allowed the man to enter his cabin, the strange man looked around at the interior, sighting the stuffed animals and trophies. You are a hunter, I can see. I am. Do you want anything hot to drink? Do you have any coffee available? I do. I'll take some of that. Thank you. The hunter poured a cup of coffee for the man and brought it over to him. Giving it to him, he sat in the chair as the man sat in the opposite. The strange man took a sip of the coffee as he looked toward the hunter. What can you tell me of the werewolf? I didn't see the creature. Only brought it up as a possible suspect in the murder. The victim had marks on his body. They were made by some sort of animal, and it could have been made by a bear. The marks were too detailed. The bite marks and claw marks were very distinctive, is what you're saying. They were. I tried to tell the detectives, but they tossed the idea away. Blame it to be a bear in these woods. The man nodded as he took another sip of the coffee. By the way you've spoken, you know a lot about werewolves, I presume. I've heard about the legends, the transformation of man into beast. I've had family that have told me they've seen werewolves around this forest and in town. A legend that lives this long could not be made of folklore tales. No, they cannot. The man finished his cup of coffee and stood up, walking to the door. The hunter stood up and followed him. The man opened the door, taking the steps outside. Thank you for the coffee. You've shown me compassion. Where are you headed, if I may know? I'm going to speak with those detectives, you said. I want more information on the victim. The man stepped outside the door, walking to the snowy grounds. The hunter watched as he wanted to say something, as it sat on the tip of his tongue. Pardon me, sir, but I'd like to know your name. You didn't tell me your name. The man turned and faced the hunter. He stared at him for quite a brief moment. Hod. You can call me Mr. Hod. The hunter looked on as Mr. Hod walked away from the cabin and into the forest. The hunter closed the door, sat back in his chair, and continued reading the book he had placed on the table. In the small town, the residents walked around the area, buying from local shops and selling from locals, many of whom only spoke about business ventures and homesteading as they refused to bring up a conversation 
about the murder and the mentioning of the werewolf. While the residents were doing their daily business, they spotted Mr. Hart walking into the town. All of the residents stopped what they were doing and only stared at him. Hart kept to himself, avoiding eye contact with all of them. He walked through the streets as the residents began to talk amongst themselves as to who Mr. Hart could be. Why is he wearing those clothes? A man said. He looks dirty, a female said, speaking with a friend. He scares me, a child said. Mr. Hart took a look around the town and spotted the detective's office. He proceeded to approach. The residents moved out of his way, avoiding contact with him at all costs. They continued to stare at him and make comments pertaining to the way he dressed and his appearance, for it was very concerning. Hart found himself standing in front of the detective's office as the building was entirely made up of wood and stone. He walked up the steps and entered to the door as the residents inched closer toward the building. Inside, the detectives turned and stared at Hard, who stood by the door looking at them, one by one. One detective approached him, shaking his shoulders with a thrust walk, trying to intimidate Mr. Hard, but he found out he was unshakable. What can we do for you, sir? I came here to speak on the matter of the forest murder. Why is that? You know the animal that did it? Or did you do it? The detectives laughed slightly at the other's remark. I know the animal that killed the person. The detective chuckled as he walked toward his office, and Hod followed him. The detectives looked on at Hod, confused by his choosing of apparel. They didn't look too ancient for their time. So you found the bear that did it? it wasn't a bear, detective. A mountain lion is what you're telling me. I thought we were rid of those damn things around here. Neither was it a mountain lion. Well... What the hell else could it be? The victim was killed by a werewolf. The detective slowly turned toward Hod and only stared. You haven't been around that long hunter, have you? Because if you have, maybe his fanatics and kookiness may have rubbed off on you. I did speak with him, and no, his fanatics have not rubbed off on me. But they have given me insight onto this town of yours. Listen, sir. We aren't listening nor buying into some children's horror tales. We have enough fictitious troubles to deal with around here as it is. The werewolf is no fable tale. Of course, it has its place in ancient folklore, but those folklores were based on actual events that have taken place ages before our time. And how would you know of any of this to be true? Are you part of some government secret agency or something? Would I know the government would kill, rape, and slaughter anyone to find out for themselves. I'm sorry, but we're not listening to any of these werewolf stories, this werewolf talk. If that's the case, then I have a proposition for you, Detective. You and this entire town of yours, which is, I will find this werewolf, and I will kill the creature. And after which I do so, I will leave the town and never bother to return. All of the detectives looked at his colleagues, and they were all silent, unable to come up with anything else to say to Mr. Hart. So, when you kill this werewolf you're talking about, you want some reward or something before you leave? I want and ask for nothing in return for this werewolf's kill. But as of right now, I only ask to see the victim's remains. The remains have been bone and torn muscle. The remains have clues that contain to where the werewolf is headed and where it will strike next. Show me where the body is. The body is kept at the morgue across the street. 
You can go there and ask for the remains. They should let you see them, since you solely desire. Thank you for the talk, Hod said as he nodded with the tip of his hat. Part 3 Hod walked to the office door and exited, leaving the entire building of detectives silent. Outside of the office, Hod walked down the steps and through the crowds of residents, which all surrounded him, and watched as he approached the morgue. Before entering, a young girl approached him. He looked down at her and noticed her smile, but he could also sense her fear of him from within. What do you want, little girl? Why are you wearing those kind of clothes? Because the clothes present what I am and where I come from. So, you're old? You could say that. Well, then, how old? Older than you can possibly count. Oh. I showed a faint smile before entering the morgue as the residents continued their frightening stares. Inside the morgue, <laughs> Hard glanced around the rooms, searching for someone to speak with concerning the victim and his body. He found no one inside the morgue until he took a few steps forward, approaching the door, and as he opened it, out walked a morgue attendant, who was suddenly frightened at the presence of Mr. Hard, with a slow shiver. What can I help you with, sir? I'm here to see the remains of the victim that was found in his forest. Why would you want to see that? Because my purpose here requires me to take a small study of the remains to understand what truly committed the murder. So you work with the detectives? I work alone. I'm not from around here. But how would you even get the right to come here and solve a murder that doesn't concern you? You're not even from here and you want to solve this? Why? The murderer is known throughout the lands. I came to the dead house to see the remains and to uncover more of what I need. I know what killed the individual in those woods. We all know it was a bear that killed him. I stared at the attendant, silent, showing no emotion. A bear was not responsible for the murder. Then what could have possibly had the strength to do such a thing? It was a werewolf, and apparently the people here seemed to keep quiet about the lore of werewolves. As if you're all trying to hide something that cannot be hidden no longer. We refuse to speak of such folk tales around here. We don't want to frighten the children and spread fairy tales across the town. By lying to yourselves? You already have. The attendant held her head down, facing the floor, as if she was in shame of Hod's words. Hod approached her and raised up her head and slowly stared, slightly encouraging her to speak the truth concerning the werewolves. Show me where the remains are and I'll be out of your sight. The attendant slowly nodded. This way. I followed the attendant through the door and walked down a cold and quiet hall leading towards the chamber. As they walked, the attendant was hesitant to bring Hod closer to the chamber, fearing he could kill her and run off with the remains. But Hod didn't say a word. He continued to follow the attendant down the hall and only kept to himself. I truly hope... This is not some form of small town trickery. Because if it is, not only will this attendant be shown the truth, those standing outside these walls will surely know what is going on in their town. Whether they decide to believe it or not, she's walking quite slow, possibly in fear of me, or what I could do. Makes no sense as to fear me. I'm here for a purpose, not an assault. 
The attendant reached the chamber doors and opened them as the cool breeze swiftly went through the opening. The breeze touched hard, gently, on his face, and the cold had no chilling effect on him as he kept to himself and walked into the chamber. He looked around and seen the amount of bodies that were laying on the tables. The majority of them appeared to have animal-like marks on their bodies. Strange. The remains over here, sir. What happened to these other people? I fear they suffer from the same animal that killed the man in the forest. How long has this been going on? Almost three months now. And the detectives don't do anything about this? Who's in charge around here? The detectives don't like it when we bring it up. They're owned by the upper class elite. They control most of what goes on here. The finances, the news we receive, and so on. Where can I find your elite class? I... I do not know, sir. They keep to themselves and appear as they please. We only answer to them. Most of us here don't even question them out of fear of death. Seems to me that there's been enough death going on around here for you to worry about your own selves. The attendant walked over to one of the walls and pulled out the table. Where the remains were placed. Hart walked over and looked at him, pulling out tools similar to a forensic scientist. He glanced at the remains and took deep looks at the bones, the muscles, and the skin fragments that remained. The attendant stood by and watched Hart study the remains in every detail that he could possibly could. Using a magnifying glass to get a closer look at the bite marks within the bones. Hart looked around and didn't see the skull. Where is it? This is all that remained. And they didn't find the skull? It's possible it's still out there in the forest. They won't go back and check. They told us this is all they needed to start their search for the killer. Hart pushed the table back into its closing and closed the chamber door. He walked out of the room and back down the hallway. The attendant tried to keep up with him, following him as best as she could with a power walk. Wait, where are you going? I'm going to the forest to find the skull. When I do, I shall return here and deliver it to you to complete the remains. Without the skull, I want to offer the information that I need. Hard walked out of the morgue with the attendant looking nervous as to what he could come up with between the evidence and such of a skull. Outside, Hard noticed some around a residence that stood outside the morgue. More that came. He stood around, making way for him and walked by. The residents only stared at him as he kept to himself as the day. Who do you think you are? a man said. Why are you here trespassing our town? We don't need foreigners like you around here. I stopped and turned toward the man. The residents took a few steps back to avoid being in Han's own eyesight. He kept his attention focused on the man who appeared to be a farmer as he wore a farmer's garment. Trespassing your town. How could I do such a thing when I'm here on duty? We don't know who you are. Hell, we've never even seen you before. You must be some guy from the outer borders of the forest. I am from those outer borders. And once again, I am here on the duty, not a vacation. As I told the intendant inside of this morgue, you townspeople live in the area of lies. You all know the truth and refuse to believe it and accept it. You'd rather live in a world of make-believe than live in a world where the truth reigns. The truth of the matter is, is that it wasn't a bear that committed those acts of slaughter. It was a werewolf. And the beast is still out there. You can't talk to us like that. You're not even a resident of this town. You have no right to speak to us in such a matter. I have spoken, and when I return from the forest, if I am to see you or any of these people again, I will speak once more. Your detectives won't solve your problems for you, and now I will solve this one problem, as it affects more than this measly little town. Hard walked away, heading towards the exit into the forest. 
The resident stood by and watched, and it gazed toward the farmer. The farmer himself looked around and glanced at his fellow townspeople. Don't you even dare look at me like that. I don't stand enough for you people. And what do I get? No respect, no aid, not even another voice to stand up with my own. I continued walking through the snow-covered grounds as he entered the forest. The sounds of the people formed the town began to fade away as he went deeper into the woods. Hearing nothing but silence and a few speck of birds in the sky flying over the trees, he looked around into the snow, searching for the spot where the victim was killed. By the look of the snow, the victim's final place of living isn't far from this particular spot. It is closer than it appears to be. Hod walked past a pair of trees and spotted claw marks in the woods. The claw marks were dug deep into the wood of the tree, to which he rubbed, searching for something that could be cut through from the remains inside. Hardly finding anything, he pulled out a knife from his coat and started to slice the tree in the areas of where the claw marks were stamped. Slicing and even cutting through the wood, a small object fell out of the hole and into the snow. Hans stopped what he was doing and placed the knife back into his coat, kneeling down and searching through the snow as to what may have dropped from the tree. He found the small object and took a closer look. This object is a piece of a nail. The werewolf must have broken it off when it dug into the tree, possibly at the moment of pouncing the victim. And by the look of it, the beast is very strong, and it could have possibly killed the man with just the force of his lunging toward him. I turned around and looked at the scene was running about a few feet away and saw dry blood in the snow. He walked over to it and rubbed it. This is the spot of the victim's fall. Now, where is his skull? I began digging in the snow with a pair of branches that were laying nearby. He dug until he could see the dead grass underneath. And he continued digging even further into more surrounding areas, and the skull could not be found. However, after several more attempts of digging, Hod stopped and looked around to see if anything was sticking up in the snow. Where is it? Hod started to walk and noticed something in the snow that lay in front of his left foot. He then dug in that exact spot, and instantly he saw an eye socket. He found the skull. He reached down and picked it up from the snow and wiped away. Clean. He placed the skull into his bag and proceeded back into town. Chapter 2 The Blue Moon While the sun was preparing itself to set away from the town, and night was slowly approaching, Hod entered with the skull in tow. The residents returned and followed him back to the morgue. He didn't even bother to look back at them, as they slowly followed him and were almost on his back. They did have a notice the bag and tried to take peeks at what may be inside. Hod grabbed the bag and held it tightly to his chest, maintaining his focus. I ask you all to leave this bag alone and let me be. You only want to know what you have inside. An important object in finding the werewolf. The residents stopped walking and stood still as they watched Hod into the doors of the morgue. They kept to themselves, and not a single one of them spoke a word as they went back to their regular business. Hod entered the morgue, and the attendant saw him coming through. I take it you found the skull? I have. Hod placed the bags on the table and pulled out the skull. He handed the skull carefully to the attendant, who placed it next to the remaining parts of the victim's body. She scanned the remains in full, trying to sort out the possibility of the werewolf. Possibility. In the remains of the victim's body, scanning them carefully. Mr. Hyde carefully examined the body himself, from the skull to the feet. What do you perceive now? The attendant asked. I perceive a full evaluation of the victim. There could be some werewolf venom in the bones. We could do a search through, 
the bone marrow. Let's give it a test. All the attendant did their part on the test runs, operating as best as they could. I'm sure you heard about the other cases beside the one in the woods. What other cases? Hodge wondered. There was a couple that was attacked and a pair of bankers ambushed in the streets. I was not aware of such events. Were these before this recent one? Yes. All the bodies had similar marks as this one here. I'm not sure what kind of animal would do such a thing so discreetly, but I'm hearing a lot about werewolves, so I'll take what I can get. Believe my words. Werewolves exist, and they come in all shapes, sizes, and forms. Some are just wild beasts, others intelligent creatures. Upon the work, they discovered the venom of the werewolf was indeed remaining inside the bone marrow. But when removed, the venom glued, and it glowed. Shocking them, in a way they never could understand. The glow was of a bright blue, and its hue was brighter than the lights in the room. The attendant stepped back from the table as Hyde kept his gaze upon it before quickly covering the glow with his hand. What was that? Spirituality, Hyde said, a powerful one. While the attendant gathered the venom, Hyde glanced toward the window and saw nightfall had indeed arrived, and the moon's light glistened upon the clear barrier between Hyde and the outside. How are we going to tell the detectives about this? Tell them, Hyde said, with his eyes locked on the outside. What will you do? Find the creature. Night has come. And it's out there, lurking, waiting. You said the light from the venom was spiritual, which means we're dealing with a spiritual werewolf. I, I don't understand. I've never heard of such a thing. Spiritual werewolves are rare. Very rare. As in treasure rare? Rare as in Eden rare, Hawk proclaimed. Either this creature came through another dimension, or from worship. Doesn't matter. I will find it. Hawk left the morgue and went back outside, walking towards the woods. A loud screech suddenly echoed throughout the surrounding area. Hod stopped in his tracks, circling the area, listening to the scream, tracking his whereabouts, and without notice, Hod ran toward the sound and found himself running deeper into the town. And as he reached the source of the scream, he stopped and could only stare. What is this? Standing in front of Hod was a deceased woman, and on top of her, gnawing at her throat, was the werewolf. Tall, gray hair, and brute size. The werewolf stood up. Facing hard. The beast let out a howl, and the color of the moon transformed into a blue moon. Hard looked up, seeing the change in color. What are you? The beast roared at Hard, moving his hand to the side, pulling out a revolver and firing toward the wolf, which ran from the shots. Hard went and chased the beast into the woods, and at that point, Hard stopped near the entrance, and he proceeded to meditate. Looking at his revolver, he nodded and reloaded. I have to stop this. Chapter 3 The Light of the Moon Hod entered the forest in search of the spiritual werewolf, following his tracks in the snow at every turn. Except for the moment where the tracks are nowhere to be found, not even a scratch mark in the snow. Hod continued moving through the woods, hearing the faint sound of howling in the distance, covering in the trees. I know you're here, Hod said. From the distance, the werewolf lunged out at him, its fangs sharp and pointed. The hair of the werewolf glistened with the moonlight. As Hod moved quickly, he took a shot, and the shot missed as the werewolf returned to the trees in the distance. Hod breathed quietly while continuing to aim the revolver. Just one time. The werewolf lunged once more toward Hod, and the gun was raised as it fired, hitting the werewolf in the left shoulder. The beast slipped in his steps and tumbled down into the snow. Hod ran toward the beast, which swiped toward him with his right arm. 
Hard fire another shot as the wolf let out a screeching howl. Hard side. Lowering the gun slowly. That's it. The moonlight loomed over the wolf's body, and from it arose a spirit. The spirit startled hard without question, yet with curiosity in its cold eyes. What is this? The spirit levitated higher into the air, passing over the trees and vanishing into the night sky. Later, Hod returned to the town to tell them the news. The werewolf is dead, but the spirit still wanders. What must we do now? The civilian asked. Take care of yourselves, Hod said. My work has just begun. Hod left the small town of Rosebane, returning to the lair of the Symbolum Venatoris, the monster hunters within the shadows of the world. And for those unaware of where this story is going, trust me. Hard will return. The end.